Hi, everyone. Welcome to Arthritis at Home. My name is Ellen. I'm the program's coordinator. And today I'm joined by not only a colleague and a friend, but also uh, an individual who has won the fellowship award by the Arthritis Society. So let's give a round of applause to Dr. Cody Primo. Such an exciting um, research project that we'll talk a little bit about today. And I just wanted to welcome Cody. He is here working with Dr. Linda Lee in Vancouver, and you're looking at something very specific, a very specific niche in arthritis that I will let you kind of dive into. But just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, you know, we are just so excited for you and for this research because I feel like nobody else has really looked into this niche. So Cody, first question for you. Can you tell us about you know, a little bit more about yourself, um, what brought you to this field and maybe how you're involved in rheumatology? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, again, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and being able to share and connect um, with you. And, you know, you're always such a wonderful hostess for uh, these types of initiatives. So, um, yeah, I I guess I can start just where I'm from originally. Uh, so I recently relocated to uh, Vancouver in January. And before that, I was in Ontario. I grew up in Ontario. Um, I did, my education was very focused in kind of the kinesiology related fields. Uh, and I did a combined physiotherapy and PhD program uh, at Western University. So that's what kind of led me um, here uh, to work with Linda and the team and working with yourself as well. Uh, and with that, now I'm doing a little bit of the research and clinical balance in my work. So I do still work as an interim physiotherapist. Um, I am also obviously doing this work that we're going to be talking about today as a postdoctoral fellow um, with Arthritis Research Canada and UBC. Uh, and I have been involved kind of in the rheumatology world, more from a osteoarthritis or knee osteoarthritis lens through all of my graduate work, both the thesis-based master's and um, a, my PhD work, and have since kind of branched out a little bit more to look at arthritis more holistically, um, both from like a more systemic lens and a more localized lens. Uh, so yeah, my work has kind of branched out over time, uh, now looking at arthritis as a whole. Um, but I'm actually starting to look a little bit more about um, you know, arthritis in individuals from 2S LGBTQI plus communities, uh, so including individuals who are sexually and gender diverse, um, and, and really looking at their lived experiences and how that contributes to their, their experiences um, with a variety of different conditions, arthritis included within this. Um, so that's just kind of like a premise of the work that I do, kind of the clinical and the research lens um, as an individual. I'm also a semi-professional dancer. I love to dance um, and it really helps keep me grounded. Um, and I'm a very like outdoorsy person as well. So those are kind of the things that I do in my spare time. You know, it seems like you are incredibly well-trained in many different areas and now getting to focus in on this gap that you've you noticed. Can I ask Cody, you know, because your work is so innovative and it, it's truly like, we, we don't know the answer to this question. What, that's what makes it such a good research question. What inspired this work? Like, did you see a gap in, for example, the lived experiences of 
sexually and gender diverse individuals um, and kind of what led you to this specific topic? Yeah, so I, I think the first point where I started to really want to dive deeper into this area of work um, was from my own lived experiences um, and, and noticing things just being in the physiotherapy program while I was doing my education. Um, so I'm a gay man. Um, and just with my observations and uh, a lack of inclusivity, just in in the way that things are uh, designed and, and incorporated into the education system, uh, not in any kind of like malicious way by any means. It's just, it's not necessarily considered in, in the way that we, we structure our curriculum currently. Uh, and that is kind of a larger system thing that needs to be addressed, I think. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what stemmed it. And I did a little bit of work in parallel to what I was doing for my thesis work for my PhD, focused on just the education piece um, related to working with 2SLGBTQI plus individuals in physiotherapy practice. And from there, as I was diving into that work, I started to realize, well, there's really not a whole lot of work being done uh, focused on these communities with respect to pain, even though there are so many different factors that can contribute to pain experiences uh, in individuals that disproportionately affect to us LGBTQI plus communities. So we have a lot of like different puzzle pieces that we can kind of infer that, well, yeah, there's probably a link in some of those relationships and how those can contribute to what we see in terms of more of a superficial view in higher rates of pain in these communities. Uh, but no one's really kind of gone deeper than just reporting like a prevalence of how many individuals that we see that report pain in these communities. So um, yeah, that kind of sparked an interest in my brain of, well, yeah, we should be looking at this because we know that in these communities, there's really no active engagement uh, in, in the research process, particularly in health research uh, in a general context. And this applies to a number of different marginalized communities as a whole. Um, so I thought, well, why don't we work more collaboratively, collectively with members of the community to try and develop research questions that are more meaningful um, and, and fit within the needs of this particular community uh, with respect to pain. So that's kind of the progression of how things started and how we got to, to now. So it was really like my lived experience as a queer person, my interest in pain and my interest in arthritis and tying it all in together. Yeah, you know, it, both are such evolving fields of understanding the lived experiences. How do we do that? And then also, like you said, this topic of pain, like we know so little about pain in that it is multifactorial. So you're taking, you know, multiple fields that are multifactorial and trying to understand specifically. Um, Cody, can I ask what methods are you using to engage these individuals? What methods are you using to, to understand lived experiences? Yeah. And, and that was kind of the, the, the challenging part at the beginning was 
how can we do this in a way that we get individuals involved on a large scale, right? Um, to have more input. So with this, we are using uh, concepts of citizen science where we're really trying to maximize engagement from the public in helping shape the way that we move forward with this work. Uh, so our team has developed an online platform. Um, so if you're interested and want to check it out, it's at patientscientist.ca. And I can share that with Ellen afterwards as well to include. Um, but yeah, it's on through this platform, there's opportunities for individuals to share their lived experiences uh, with pain. And this is kind of a combination of more open text type responses, uh, asking individuals about their stories with pain and what they think contributes to their pain, makes it better, makes it worse, um, for example. And then there's some questions that ask more specific questions about the pain that they experience and the symptoms that they're experiencing. Um, so within that, that also allows opportunity to look more specifically at different types of health conditions within the context of pain. So arthritis in this context. Um, so it allows us to gather large volumes of information from the public um, and, and really capture a, a wider range of voices that are contributing towards how we work with this data. So that was kind of the, the first idea was let's use these ideas of citizen science and how we approach it. And then and the next step was like, okay, well, where do we go from there? Um, so if we think about the traditional research design, you have an identification of a research question that usually comes from a researcher or a clinician. Uh, then we have the, once the research or research problem has been identified, then we start to develop more specific research questions from there. And then we go on to do the studies, right, with, with addressing those questions. Now, typically, patient and public input doesn't come until after those questions are developed. So we, we thought, well, why don't we rearrange that methodology? And that's why what I was talking about in terms of the citizen science platform, why can't we do that earlier in the process? Uh, and that allows us to get a lot of public input right off the bat. So that's where things start. And then from there, um, we gather that information and we work with an advisory committee of individuals who identify as two SLGBTQI+, um, in terms of individuals with lived experience, clinicians who work specifically with individuals who experience pain, arthritis, and or who identify um, as queer, trans, non-binary, two-spirit, uh, as well as researchers who also fit kind of that lens as well. Um, and then with those individuals, work with the information that has been um, gathered through this online platform from the public, and then co-analyze that information. That information then gets used to um, essentially spark discussion in a group discussion format through a set of workshops where we bring another group of individuals, so a working group of 20 individuals who identify as 2SLGBTQI+, to discuss and develop research questions that are meaningful to that specific community um, within the context of the individuals who are there. From there, we go through a process of prioritizing those questions where the questions that are co-developed with that group of 2SLGBTQI plus individuals 
the information goes back to the people who contributed to that online platform so that they can see what came from the information that they contributed and be involved in the process of prioritizing and ranking those questions in terms of importance to them. So essentially, at the end of the day, we have a big list of research questions that are meaningful to the community that are related to pain and living with arthritis, um, but yeah, really driven by the public at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the structure of how this, this work comes together and essentially lays the foundation for a whole research program that focuses on this area while also developing collaborations with team members to carry out this work in the future. It's incredible to, to be able to, like you say, take the research process and kind of re rethink it a little bit to more of the needs of the individuals that we, we aim to serve as, as researchers. But I, I assume, or I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, from my knowledge that there are certain groups that are, for example, underserved, underheard, have not been included or have been purposely excluded previously, do you find that there's any challenges to your research in terms of whether that's engagement, whether that's logistics, that you've experienced thus far. Absolutely. Um, and what you've highlighted is one of the bigger challenges, right? Is how can we capture a more diverse lens of perspectives in this work? Um, and, and I think that that's a challenge that we're gonna continue to face with this work. We are in the early stages of it, uh, but, had that I had that in mind when we were kind of developing our advisory committee, right? So tr really trying to make sure that the individuals that we're including um, in the advisory committee and our working group later on, uh, and those individuals represent individuals who have varied lit experience. Uh, and in, in doing so, keeping in mind that we want to also be working collaboratively with community organizations and patient-led organizations um, that are focused on areas of pain, that are focused on areas of arthritis, uh, but are also really just focused on health in general um, with different demographics of individuals. Uh, because we know that, you know, from a community lens, individuals like to stay within their communities and have very, very tight um, relationships with individuals within their communities. So, um, you know, connecting and getting involved um, and, and building like meaningful relationships with people ahead of time uh, before, you know, approaching individual communities, I think is a key because there's nothing worse than, you know, entering a space, taking information from a community and then, you know, you you take that information and then they don't really get anything out of it either, right? So really making sure that, you know, we're building trust and relationships that are, like I said, meaningful uh, and that we're sharing amongst one another um, in this entire process through active engagement is really important. Um, so yeah, I, I think the multi-pronged approach is really important in this case. So, you know, there's a online process of connecting with individuals and there are several different avenues that we plan to take with that. Uh, there's also the in-person connection that's really important. So, um, you know, being involved with community events such as, you know, pride festivals can be one way of doing that, but we also don't have everybody who's able to engage in those types of events, right? So 
finding other opportunities to engage with the community, um, you know, through more local organizations, um, like a food bank, for example, that's focused on queer, trans, non-binary, two-spirit individuals, um, and and meeting their needs. So I think it, it it's not going to be achieved by using one approach to to engaging with individuals. We really need to think about touching on different aspects all at once. Yeah, that's that's beautiful in a sense where it seems like you're embracing the complexity, right? You're acknowledging that it takes a lot of different avenues, methods, outreach platforms to do this work if we want to do it properly and we want to ensure that the individuals that we engage are A, representative, B, feel comfortable disclosing very sensitive information, like truly like lived experiences with us and how to do that in a way that, you know, not only are they engaged at the beginning, but they're engaged throughout and always going back to, to these individuals that are experts for their, you know, for their hand in research, right? Like you are there, you're doing the research hand in hand with these individuals, right? To ensure that it is always and continues to be aligned. So. Yeah, and if I can add to that, yeah, I, I think that's the key, right? Is making sure that we're not doing research, getting information from individuals is we're really working as a unit collaboratively. Like there's no, we wanna get rid of any type of a research power dynamic and focus on, it, it's a collaborative effort with the team. Um, and a, another point that I wanted to touch on uh, that you just brought up with the an anonymity is particularly important in this community who have historically faced stigmatization, marginalization, and it may not necessarily be safe for individuals to be able to participate in the research process. So that's definitely something that we are incorporating into the way that we're doing this work too. Um, having opportunities to contribute anonymously um, because a lot of the work that we do, it, there's really not a whole lot of opportunity for those individuals to engage in the research process. Um, so that's really important too, especially with this community. But it seems like you've done so much work just to prepare for this project and to do it in a way that, you know, you are honoring the needs and values of the individuals. So, mm -hmm. Dr. Cody Prima, I, I do applaud you and I thank you for your time in sharing this, this really exciting project and one that is like so human-like. I feel like this is a very human-to-human -human project. As much as you are a researcher and as much as you are an individual who is very highly trained clinically as well as in the field of research, you know, I, I'm excited for this human project to, to you know, come and show us and hopefully, you know, as researchers, we also learn that this, this work isn't only applicable to what you're doing, right? But some of the principles that you're talking about, about how to treat people, how to work with individuals, how to be sensitive to certain needs is applicable throughout research. So I, I also think of this from like a macro lens as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of the hope with this is to get all of us to think a little bit more about reinventing not necessarily reinventing the wheel, but just changing things a little bit and and really focusing on how can we be more community driven, right? So that's what the hope is with this work anyway. <laughs> okay.
And we do ask, you know, if you have any resources for us to share or any way to get involved in your work, if you're looking for to recruit, please do let us know. And we will share that with our audience so that they can help us share with their continued networks because we are a family at Arthritis Consumer Experts. And once again, thank you so much for your time. We know you're super busy and we are thrilled to have had, or I'm thrilled to have had this conversation with you. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You as well. Take care, everyone.